10x. Many of you have heard the term 10x, either through GrowthCon, Grant Cardone, books, and so forth. But what does that actually mean? In this episode, we have Brett Nodwell, who's just crushing it using the 10x model. Doesn't matter if it's his mortgage business, if it's his real estate business, if it's his realty business, his development business, even a real estate trust fund. Have a listen. What's going on, everyone? You got the 7-2 Real Estate Investor here with another amazing guest. We got Brett Nodwell here. This is going to be amazing. So I met Brett uh, on a what I call a mastermind call, um, which was probably about two weeks ago. Um, yeah. And I mean, I was like in the room with giants. I just didn't know what to do. So I just sat there quiet and just observed and so forth. And uh, Brett and I hit it off. And uh, welcome to the show, Brett. I, I sincerely appreciate that. And uh, never consider yourself anything less than a giant, Mark. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, well I appreciate it that. Room, it was a great room, and and uh, so thank you. Give a shout out to Michael for uh, for setting that up. That was an idea we had uh, a few months ago to to continue to do stuff like that. So that was great. Yeah, it was great. You know, I yeah, and I sat because I mean, and I sat there and I just listening in the background, and it was just like the golden nuggets like that. That that's a. I love being the dumbest person in the room. I just love that because that's where I'm just, I want to be a sponge. Um, and that was a room I was in. I just, I just had a big smile on my face in the end saying, wow, that was just epic. So, um, I mean, the group, we had Daniel Chase on, on there. And we had uh, Mike Gautier on there with Michelle, his wife. Um, trying to think we had, um, Mark. you know, Mark. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, uh, with the, uh, with Rockwall and, uh, Balthazar. Right. So it was, yeah. uh, just, just amazing. Just amazing. So Brett, Sarah let's, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sarah Larby was on there. That's right. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is great. So Brett, before we get right into the whole real estate side and, uh, and so forth, maybe you can just a uh, little, do a little deep dive on yourself, pre real estate and, um, and then we'll start with that. Yeah, so coming out of school, I was at, uh, at Laurier for economics. Um, all my life, all I thought I wanted to do was, uh, was be a, an investment broker. Um, so that was my, my focus. Uh, ended up with a company, um, you know, we were, we were doing extremely well. Uh, there's, you know, 4,200 uh, team members across Canada with that organization at the time. And our group finished 16th. Um, out of uh, out of like just a tremendous um, talent pool, and it was going really really well. And all of a sudden, um, you know, a couple people decided it'd be a good idea to fly some planes into a couple buildings. And nine eleven happened, and it just it really made me take a step back and go, all the you know well laid plans in the world uh, mean nothing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I took, a, took some time to, to reevaluate. Um, you know, my, uh, my son was born in February 2002. Um, you know, what to just reevaluate what was important to, to me and, and the family. So 
during that time, I'd also invested in real estate. Um, one thing led to another, and all of a sudden, I became a mortgage broker. Um, did that to, for a year. We were uh, handing out a, a ton of real estate leads. Um, and my business partner at the time and I, we figured, you know what, even if we just got a real estate license to get a referral fee, um, you know, at, at least uh, we'd be part, well, we got dragged uh, full into the, the real estate to real estate game. Um, I ended up moving back to Guelph, uh, which is where I was born and raised and, and my family was. Um, moved back to Guelph full time and uh, my real estate partner and I, uh, we just blew up. Uh, so 2004, uh, we did 108 ends uh, between the two of us. Uh, it was just go, go, go. Um, but at the same time, there were pictures, uh, family photos that I was not in. Um, so, you know, you continue to, to reevaluate, um, you know, where your, your life is headed. So we created the Mortgage Alliance franchise in Guelph. Um, uh, my business partner, Chris and I, uh, we still um, run the, the Guelph office for, for that. Um, we ended up in 2009, opened up uh, our own real estate franchise. And uh, we had that for five years. We were going strong, sold that to a, a fellow real estate entrepreneur uh, in 2014. And that allowed me some time to look at doing some land development. The, um, um, the role that uh, that played in terms of uh, selling off the real estate franchise, um, the timing was good because at that point, picture that real estate market, it was heating up to a point where it was like, you know, we had all these buyers, we had all the buyers on the mortgage side, um, and they were having a real tough time, you know, finding... Uh, that place that was right for them and just some through some brainstorming with my my business partner randy and i you know it came up what if we controlled the build what if we ended up you know getting the land building the houses and then being able to offer that to our clients um and that's how georgia huron developments was created um we realized also that uh, you know to control that process right through I should probably get my Terry on. So I went and got uh, all the licensing to be a qualified builder. Um, and so Kingwell Fine Homes was, was created. And uh, that in, uh, you know, the two minute nutshell, that's, uh, that's my life over the past 20 years. Wow. That is tremendous. I love that. You know what? You, you, you remove the middleman by being the middleman through everything. <laughs> I love that. And that's, yeah. that's perfect. I just love how, you know, your, your systems can just flow from that entry level right down to getting, getting the keys. Yeah. Right. And that, and, it, and it's so, sorry, go ahead. No. Uh, well, and that's, so our focus has changed a bit, but the, the initial mindset of, of building these houses for our clients has not. Um, when I say that our focus has changed a little bit, what we did, we actually created a mutual fund trust. Uh, to allow us to to bring on investment from um, investors across Canada, and actually we're we're international now. We've got uh, uh, some overseas investors uh, uh, coming in as well. They see Canadian real estate as a safe haven for uh, investment dollars, uh, 
um, and also currency. Uh, anyway, um, so we, we've created this mutual fund trust, and but under the same premise that anyone that's invested in that fund gets right of first refusal on any of the houses that we end up building out. Um, so it's it's one of those things where we take on investment partners, and we, we truly, uh, you know, anytime I talk to them, it's it's no, we're partners. Um, we, we come in, you, you're there as an investment partner. Fantastic. You get, you want this house? That's great. Um, depending on when they invested and, and that sort of stuff. Um, just because it's, it's, they're our lifeblood. Uh, they fund the development side. Um, they allow us to weather the storm. Uh, you know, if there's any types of delays because we're not heavily financed or overfinanced. Uh, you know, where the clock is ticking every day to make those interest payments. Um, you know, it's, it's really uh, a win-win for, for our investments, uh, for our investor partners and, uh, and us. Um, and what it's allowing us to do is build out multiple subdivisions at the same time. We're going to build out 700 units over the next seven years. Um, wow. I'll put an asterisk there, seven to 10, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, the focus is 700 homes over the next uh, next seven years incredible good for you yeah i definitely want to do a deep dive on that because i'm very fascinated i mean just from everything you've done um so just to dial it back a, a notch or 20 notches is why yeah. real estate why real estate so you know as i alluded to uh, earlier um i was heavily involved in uh stocks and mutual funds and you know investing in that um uh, world. Uh, one of the people that I had the absolute utmost respect for, uh, we sat on a committee together when I was at Laurier. Um, you know, he runs his own hedge fund now. Um, th and this guy is, is, is brilliant. Um, love sharing ideas, but he's, you know, uh, invested in real estate as well, uh, because it weathers the storm as, as well as any asset class out there. But when I looked at it, um, so we were dealing with like 600 households um, at the time, and I'm pretty sure all of them called over the, the two or three days um, after 9-11. Mm -hmm. my, tenants, my tenants didn't call me. They still needed a place to live. Um, you know, we were still uh, getting regular, regular payments from, from them. Um, and for us, it's just the asset class that, that we understand. We can go, we can touch, we can, we can see what's there. Um, and I understand, you know, a lot of people like, I'll say, dabbling in stocks. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty as, as anyone of, you know, watching candlesticks and, and watching uh, uh, trends and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, um, I don't have or I don't feel I have control like I do over real estate where I can see, you know what, there's X number of people coming into the, that, this particular municipality, um, they're needing houses, period. Uh, so a lot of the spots where we're invested in uh, for building, right, massive, massive job growth uh, that, uh, you know, supersedes anything that, that's going on with uh, COVID-19 right now. Um, you know, these are infrastructure, um, energy type jobs that just don't disappear. Um, and so people are, 
people need to uh, move to that area to to take advantage of these jobs. Um, so we, we our business plan has played out as as we saw. Now we didn't predict COVID nineteen by any stretch of the imagination, but um, you know we saw where the job growth was going, where the demographics were, were pushing people uh, out of GTA along the four hundred one corridor, and then pushing from the four hundred one corridor north, and and that's where we are heavily invested, uh, just to to take advantage of that uh, growth opportunity. Incredible. You know, I think it has a lot to do, like your, 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 you know, COVID-19, I mean, this is something unprecedented and uh, no one could have predicted and we still can't predict what the ramifications are going to be, right? I mean, when you right. have a, yeah. a, a, a money machine at just printing money like nobody's business. Um, no. And um, so, but I think the key thing here is, is that you have you, you and your team have been in control of everything with respect to your business so you have the multiple layers within your business of course there's yeah. outside factors so have you had what type of pivots have you had to make with because of COVID-19 yeah so we um again you don't predict this but you you put into play um different criteria for for anything of this nature so for us um you know, it was either sit back, wait and see, or do what you need to do to, to be aggressive around this and make sure that um, first and foremost, your team members were safe. And then second, um, you know, that your investors were safe and how do we, how do we help them? So, um, you know, I remember the, the, the day after, or the two days after uh, real estate, um, was deemed an essential service. Okay, so we had uh, we had a Zoom call uh, with our with our real estate brokerage team, um, and said, "Okay, open houses are off the table. Shut them down. We're, we're not doing them." Okay. Yes, at that time, you know, there was still, "Oh, we can do this. We can, you know, how do we do it safe and all?" Like, no, shut it down. We are not doing it. Um, if you need any support in terms of doing it virtually. Right. We will offer offer that. So if you yourself as a as a realtor want to go to the, the home and host a, an open house from two to four where people can dial in and ask questions and just call you direct or, or log on to a Zoom call, we'll make that happen. How do we do that? Um, but just shut it down because we didn't know what the total ramifications were. Right. Um, we had a building permit for, for one of the homes that we're uh, putting up. And, but we still shut down the site. It was just, just shut it down. And I give total kudos to, um, you know, the, the safety team behind the, behind the scenes, uh, uh, with Blue Valley building, um, and, uh, Kingwell homes. They, we shut this down and it was okay. Until you can give me the, the layout and the criteria and how are we going to safeguard, um, our team. And then also any of the trades that are coming to site. So, for example, you, you know, you're, you're a truck driver. Um, you're, you're coming in, you're delivering concrete. Well, you want to know that it's a safe uh, work environment to, um, to come to, right? So for, for us, it was lay out the entire uh, schematic of what that's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And then let's move forward. And uh, it was funny. So I posted on my Instagram a couple of times. Um, the, the number of, of 
trades and contractors that have come on site and said, you know what, you actually make us feel safe, like that you put a plan in place and that you stick to it. Um, that, that to me is, it speaks volumes to, to what our mindset is when we do these sorts of things. Incredible. What lessons have you learned from a business perspective that you have learned during this time of COVID? Um, that you can, you can use it as an excuse or you can, you know, move forward through it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, we get, oh, you know, it's, it's slow right now because of, because of this, because of that. Okay. Um, that, that to me just says that, um, maybe you're, again, I don't want to call anybody out, but if, if the leadership is strong enough, they're going to step up and say, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're going to do it. Um, what do we need to employ to keep everyone safe and let's, let's move through this. Um, you know, so for us, it was, we're not taking a back seat. We're going to, we're going to do what, um, what we need to do to keep our, our team safe. And they've been able to, to respond to that and keep things, keep things going. Fantastic. So you touched on mindset uh, a few times. Yeah. And I'm a huge proponent of mindset. Like I'm just, that's like, I, it, it's just been the game changer for me. So for you to make the moves you've made just don't happen by picking up, a, you know, just going and just trying to figure out. I mean, you have to definitely change the way you operate up here. Yep. Can you walk us through that? Like some of these changes that occurred within your mindset, because you're just a beast when it comes to what you're doing. And uh, it just, that just doesn't come just like that. So it, it comes down to, so you talked about the mastermind call, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's surrounding yourself with people that want to achieve the type of success that you're after yourself. Um, you know, uh, it's, if you continue to have that, I don't know, attach a dollar figure, whatever you want mindset, that's, that's what you're going to, to generate. Um, and, and for me, it's okay. So the type of person that I am right now has been able to generate X. So I either need to grow to do, I'm going to say 10 X. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you got copyright infringement on that, but, um, so, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if you want to grow to, to 10 times or a hundred times what you're, what you're making, you need to change. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and surround yourself with people that also either want to aspire to that or are doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, and I'm a firm believer of that. Like, you know, I, I mentioned before, like I like being the dumbest and I won't drop the F-bomb. I'm going <laughs> to, but because uh, <laughs> I typically do, but I, I actually take pride in that and I just want to learn. I have a thirst of hunger um, just to, to be, you know, to learn and what the next edge is and what people are doing. And I actually had to, and before realizing that I had a massive ego and that ego was simply masking my insecurities. Of, yeah. You know, I had to be the smartest person in the room. Look how people are looking at me. I want to be that, that guy. And I've come to realize, no, I mean, as soon as I accepted my vulnerabilities, I said, like, that's when my growth just went like just exponential. Yeah. Yeah. I, I made a commitment, um, you know, a few years back. I remember we went to uh, an awards dinner 
Um, and we had just joined uh, Mortgage Alliance and we didn't win an award. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm never coming back unless I'm going across the stage again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's, there's different mindsets and it can be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be ego driven to a, to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've changed that mantra. Well, I'm not going unless one of my team members are going across the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, because now it's, it's all about how do I elevate them to, to get to that success. So we had, the, um, you know, the number one rookie, uh, agent nationally, uh, for our mortgage team. Um, and, and that wasn't, to, that wasn't by accident. That was, you know what, this guy has everything it takes to succeed. Um, how do we help him get there? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was, I'll say a feather in our cap, but at the same time, um, you know, high tide raises all boats. So, um, you know, he showed that, you no, know, whether you're in Guelph or whatever market you're in, you have the opportunity to, to be number one in the entire country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, uh, it's, it's been one of those things where if, if you surround yourself with people and you want them to succeed, it's going to elevate you as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable. I mean, I love hearing this because great leadership, great CEOs like yourself, when they see something in, in someone, they see their unique ability. And instead of someone, you know, being successful and then taking out their knees and saying, yeah, but don't forget this, I'm still your boss. So don't forget this. Um, it's nice. It's, it's, it's so uh, refreshing to see you coming in and then taking their unique ability and, and harnessing it and saying, how do we make this sharper? How do we get this better? Um, yeah. and, and seeing how the direct impact it does to your complete business. Yeah. Where, where, does, where does that come from? Um, well, again, so, so you commented, you know, once, once you, you let your, once you knew your ego was where it was, then you can keep it in check. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for me, I just switched it and I, I take absolute phenomenal pride in, in helping our, our team members succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what is it, what does it take to get them to the next level? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we created our, our new, so we, we basically created a, a Century 21 sub franchise and it's the, the talks that we have with the ownership group are repeatedly is great. Realtors are, I'm not saying notoriously, but, you know, uh, their, their mindset is, is me, right? Because it can be a very lonely business. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to go out and they're going to try and succeed and they're going to put their name out there and, and it's going to be about, Hey, use me, deal with me, all this sort of stuff. So the conversation I have with the leadership group is great. It's now we, right? You're, you're now part of the, um, the team that has to help the others in the team, uh, elevate themselves. And, and that's how we as a, a company are going to, succeed um you know if you're doing extremely well with something bring the others in and um it's not going to take away from what what's going on because we've got our the our, our marketplace we're basically london to guelph uh right up to port Elgin, southampton area um so it's a huge triangle there's, there's no shortage of deals mm-hmm. um so if you're finding something that works great bring in the next team member and, and let's elevate them. And how do we get them to the, to the next level? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's, then it's, then it's win, 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 because do you want to work for somebody that wants to see you win or that, you know, has their favorites in the office and kind of just 
does what they do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that just goes back to, again, mindset, right? It could be, yeah. uh, you know, that scarcity mindset or abundant mindset. But it, again, it just, the trigger is that ego, either ego can be healthy or ego can be, uh, can be, can just, you can be self-destructive. And yeah, sometimes the, you know, you, you see them as the, um, the, the boss's pets or whatever, but at the same time, it's because they can control that, right? Versus allowing someone just to completely excel and take the business with them, right? So yeah. it was, uh, I was watching an episode uh, today um, with uh, Tom Bailu, I think is his name, he's an impact theory. Um, yeah. He was the, he came up with a quest bar, became a billionaire, like just amazing, amazing. And he talked about something very interesting about the software company. That's where he came in. He came in from a security software, and then of course he's doing quest bars. And he talks about the company that he, he that he worked with. What they would do is anybody that comes into the company, they would accept them as partners. Okay. And it would be their per, that person's choice in the decisions they make to either continue as a partner or end up as an employee. Gotcha. Which is really, really, I, I think that's very fascinating. Absolutely. You know, and uh, that's that level of accountability that's so crucial. So, Brett, I go by the 7-2 real estate investor. So, yep. the 7-2 is the worst possible hand you can get in poker statistically. Yep. And in life, you can't fold those, the hand you're dealt. I mean, you're dealt that bad hand. It's what you're going to do with that hand. Um, I like to ask all my guests to, you know, go over that, that moment in their life. They've been 7 2 so I don't want to jinx myself, but I've been fairly, fairly fortunate. And, and we, when we look at, um, when you look at life and say, okay, well, if, if I'm dealt a set of cards, I can see point blank seven, two. Okay. Um, but when you are dealing with stuff in life, you know, I see people playing, you know, pocket jacks as a seven, two, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, so growing up, um, I had a chance to go to uh, Easter Seals camp, okay? And those kids were dealt a 7-2, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. right? Um, w- most of the time, the stuff that we're dealing with, not, not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's how we're playing our hand. Uh, more than anything is is why we think it's a, a seven two um so for for me uh i would i'd rather flip it back and say you know what when you have the proper mindset and and you're you're looking at life as like you said abundant and and that there's a ton of opportunities out there in anything right um you know you might have it disguised as as a, a seven two, but when in reality it's you know pocket kings or, or pocket queens or or um, you know king nine suited or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. We go through all the hands now, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, and then when you look at um, you know sort of that uh, Simon Sinek um, infinite game, right? Yeah, you may not have an opportunity to fold your seven two. I, I get that. You, you have to play it out, but you're going to learn by that um, and, and be ready for the next hand. And as long as you got that chip in the chair, uh, you're, you're you're ready to you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quick example: we had a, a parcel of land um, 
we knew we had a great hand, right? I'm gonna keep this analogy going for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I love you know, it. We, had, we, <laughs> we knew we had a great hand. Um, and you, you posted today or yesterday or whenever it was about, um, you know, uh, the reason why a lot of people in life fail is because of their friends and family and, and whatever are just telling them, you know, whatever. So we, we knew we had a great piece of land. Um, it was, it was our first piece of land. So again, that, that in of itself, people are already leery, uh, you know, questioning what we're doing, questioning what we're thinking. So, uh, you know, you just keep hearing, no, it's no, no bad. No, what are you guys doing? You're, you're nuts. So we ended up selling it. Uh, we assigned it at, at closing, made a little bit of money and it allowed us to do all sorts of things. And we thought, you know, we were dealt a, a, a bad hand. The person that bought it from us, he knew, um, absolutely knew. And two years later, without doing anything, uh, had it sold for four times what, uh, what we had paid for. Wow. Okay. Um, so oftentimes what happens is, you know, we, we know we're looking at a set of cards that, uh, um, are not seven two and it's, it's just that, that outside influence that we let corrupt us into thinking, no, we got to fold this. We, mm -hmm. This is, this is a, a bad hand. This isn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's so true. You know what? Um, there's a lot of noise uh, around <laughs> us, right? A lot of noise. A lot of people have opinions, but they don't have, they're not providing that counsel, right? Something they heard from whoever, Uncle Bob or someone else they used to work with or yeah. whatever. And, you know, it's so important. We got to change that, that radio station. It's like, um, I think it was, was it Dale Car was it Carnegie that, um, that went out to for the gold rush? And ended up, I can't remember what, I believe it was the, yeah, the Carnegie family, they went there and they went for the gold rush and then they, you know, they found a little bit of gold and then they invested heavily for all this money in equipment and so forth, ended up didn't finding anything and then they basically went back. Well, someone else bought their equipment from them and basically dug three feet over, <laughs> three feet yeah. over and just destroyed it. So again, um... Yeah, it's uh, it just goes to show, right? I mean, we you got to stay true and convicted to to where you want to go in your goals, and uh, and be very very uh, careful with the with the with the radio stations around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, what would be one of your favorite books for someone that is? perhaps in the game or maybe thinking about getting in a game of real estate investing. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would, I would look at, you know, outside of real estate books specifically. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of the four hour work week. Mm -hmm. um, you need to, you need to figure out what systems work and how to duplicate them and, and, and keep them going. Um, I love start with why. Uh, with Simon Simon. Mm -hmm. um, those are those are probably two of my my go tos uh, if I'm going to reread mm -hmm. um, anything. Uh, I've been trying to get through um, becoming supernatural uh, mm -hmm. because I'm trying to think uh, in different uh, different realms. Mm -hmm. um, you know, learn more on the on the meditation side just to to quiet my brain. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you might be able to guess that I've got a fairly active frame going on there. Mm -hmm. um, so just to you know, quiet some of the noise, mm -hmm. uh, so I can I can focus better on on certain things. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, real estate. Well, again, I I, I read the Wealthy Barber back um, probably when I was twelve. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and that uh, played a huge role and in, in influence uh, on me uh, through high school and and mm -hmm. so forth, and just wanting to put as much money away as as I could. Um, but what I quickly realized is, no, it's, it's about the smart investment and, um, you know, reutilizing, um, the same investment over and over again to, to build wealth. And that's one of the things real estate can, uh, can do for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, um, I, those like, and it, it's funny because we talk about real estate, but it's, um, it's amazing how it all goes back to mindset. So Simon Sinek, right? Like the four-hour work week, uh, Ferris, right? I mean, and I mean, I just finished reading The Compound Effect last night, which is just a brilliant book before I did The Slight Edge. Um, I got, in fact, my, my partner Zara said to me today, she goes, okay, just hold off on your books. You got like a whole pile there. Like you haven't even yeah. touched yet. Like, uh, <laughs> and uh, I just uh, came in the mail yesterday through Amazon. Um, he's the um, own Tillman. Tillman Ferrara, is that his name? He owns the Houston Rockets and he, his, his, his book is called Shut Up and Listen, which was always what one of my mentors said many years ago is just shut the F up and listen. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm looking for, I just started that this morning. So it's a great book. But awesome. at the same time, like I, when, when I talk to, you know, those around me, I'm always talking about the core four. And that came through an author, his name is Sean Whalen through um, How to Make Shit Happen. And he talks about the core four. So your core four is going to be your power which is going to be your body, uh, your passion, which is your relationships, your purpose, which is your mindset, and then your productivity, uh, which is your business. Um, like you said, your brain's always going. I mean, we're, we're outliers. We're outliers. Our brains are always firing in all cylinders. How do you – I don't use the word balance because I think balance is just a, a – it's, it's a fairy tale. I mean, I think you have a better chance of finding a unicorn than finding balance. Um, so how – like how – just walk us through your like you got lots of stuff's happening you got a family you got all these multiple businesses and then you're fired to excel how do you yeah. manage this not balance manage um so I, I wake up in the morning um you know try and get to the office uh, at a regular time i've got my uh, morning mindset where i go through my list so I, I go through i go through an org chart um of the different businesses so i can just Okay, who's who needs to do what? Who needs to do what? Because I, I um, delegate as much as I, I can. Mm -hmm. um, so I go through the org chart and then I go through a project list uh, to make sure that I didn't miss anything uh, with any of the different projects. And then I go through a client list um, just to make sure that none of the projects got or none of the clients got missed as I was going through the project list. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just try and keep a balance there. But it's it's um, yeah, just keeping in constant communication with uh, with the team. Um, so I'm I'm very very fortunate that uh, I've got absolutely phenomenal people working around me on the uh, on the construction side. Uh, we've got a great team um, on the on the mortgage side. Uh, people that I trust to, to to handle that side of things, and, and same as the as the real estate. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's just 
keeping keeping busy in that respect, and it allows me to, to go and, and flourish at, at the projects that I like, um, finding the deal, um, you know, negotiating, going um, going to see houses, going to see property, going to see what uh, um, you know what uh, we love to to go and do, you know, because we'll have a thousand properties come across our desk before we even offer on one. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then once we narrow that down, you know, we might offer on three or four before, um, you know, we find a deal that fits because we go through the due diligence. And we're extremely detailed on the, on the due diligence side um, because we've got investors to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, it's finding that uh, needle in a haystack type, type deal. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, there, there is no such thing as balance mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's more about managing priorities, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so on the, so this is one struggle I, I, I'm continuing to deal with. Yeah. And I'm finding ways with it and I'm finding ways now, which is awesome because I checked my ego at the door and I said, okay, yeah. there's the, everything's a priority. So my priority is my body. My priority is my passion. My priority is my business. My priority is my mindset, right? So how do you manage relation like your personal relationships? Because everybody, like successful entrepreneurs, I mean, there's a lot of highlight reel stuff. Oh, look at this cars, the vacations, and so forth. No one ever talks about what's actually happening behind their own closed doors in our master bedroom or what have you. How do you manage yeah. that? Um, so I'm fairly quiet in that respect. So I'll, you know, if uh, uh, you know, if we're looking at at a new house or or new car or, or anything mm-hmm. like that, it, it doesn't get posted to. Instagram, um, right. that's sort of my, my business. Right. Uh, you know, I, so I, I coach a lot of baseball, okay, um, cool. right with, uh, uh, with my son and, and, uh, uh, so I spend a lot of time with, with the team and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, but in terms of, of dealing with, you know, my kids and, and my, my family, uh, I'm pretty quiet to, with any of that stuff. Like you said, mm-hmm. it's behind, uh, behind closed doors. Right, for sure. Well, as long as you're managing, that's a key thing, right? I mean, and yeah. that's the thing. So, And then so with baseball then, like, I mean, if you're coaching baseball, what parallels can you use from baseball bringing to business? So while well, you're talking about body, so it's, it's really tough to, to tell a bunch of uh, 16, 17, and 18-year-olds to, to, you know, you need to work out every day, you need to this, you need to that, you need to get to the next level. Um, and then you look at yourself and you go, hmm, okay, I better uh, – I better practice what I preach. Uh, so 2018, um, you know, I ended up losing like just over 50 pounds. Um, Good for you. Uh, slimmed down, uh, started a, a workout regimen that uh, I could I could fit with. Um, you know, I haven't uh, I haven't had a drink in uh, 2020. Um, yeah. Haven't felt the need. You know, uh, just let's. Uh, uh, but again, it's it's practice what you preach. So if you're going to tell your your players and, and kids that if you want to make it to the next level, you can't be doing this, this, and this, and then turn around and they see you doing this, this, and this. Well, mm-hmm. no, that doesn't, uh, uh, that doesn't play it well. And, and you imagine 16, 17, 18 year olds, they're, they're going to call you on it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's just, you've, you've got it. And it's the stuff. So in terms of drawing parallels for business and, and baseball, um, the best baseball players in the world will do whatever it takes to help the team win. 
right? And that means that, you know what, the team might practice three days a week, right? Well, they're going to be in the gym three or four days a week on their own. They're going to be working on drills on their own. They're going to be doing all the stuff that uh, behind the scenes that nobody sees, but it's, it's to make the team better. Um, so, you know, when I go home at night, I'm still on the computer. I'm still working. I'm still searching out deals. I'm still looking at things. I'm checking zoning reports. I'm checking, um, you know, all these different things, going over architectural drawings. Uh, you know, what do I need to do to make the team better? Um, and it's funny, like, uh, I'll, I'll message uh, my business partner at 1130 at night and bing, uh, he's doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because we have the, the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of parallels between sports and, and business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you often see, um, you know, whether it's athletes or, or coaches later on in life, um, you know, if they've got the acumen from uh, the sports, they'll, they'll carry that forward, especially if they're a grinder, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. If it didn't come, uh, if it didn't come easily, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to succeed in all sorts of different things. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, one one thing I'm very fascinated about is your real estate trust. So let's yeah. let's let, let's let's talk about this more. And and you know I know we've already spoken about this in the past, but for those listening or watching, um, I, I just personally feel it's a tremendous product. So let's uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. So to basically allow for investors to come on board and, and work with us long term. Um, we create this mutual fund trust. So it's uh, basically a, an investment under an offering, uh, offering memorandum. Uh, so we can do RSP, TFSA, cash investments. Um, we're raising 25 million in capital and it's spread over multiple different projects. Um, but our compliance officer that we brought on, we brought on specifically because we said, you know what, we want best practices. What do we have to do uh, to put our investors at ease? So the first 12% of profit is going to our investors uh, before, before we get paid anything because mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they know that uh, we, we appreciate them trusting us mm-hmm. and that we're going to hit the numbers that we're putting out. So if we say, you know what, we're going to make a 20% return on investment um, annualized, right? Then why would we even, um, you know, feel uh at risk by saying that first of all it's going to go to you to you mm-hmm. um because if, if if we're telling them we're going to make them 20 then then 12 shouldn't be an issue at all so we we did that uh we don't take a lift on the the property so um if we bought a property for one and a half million it's it's being sold into the trust at one and a half million mm-hmm. um we focus on areas outside of the gta uh, so again, we get a lot of tribal investors that are investing just because they see, um, or they want to diversify just outside of, of what they, they normally invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we created the offering memorandum basically so we could hold registered investments as well, because we have a lot of real estate investors who want to use their active investments through cash, uh, but would like to still invest in real estate, but a managed product on their RSP and TFSAs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do it, do it that way. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty 
simple, straightforward investment. And uh, we'll make sure that um, anybody who's listening can uh, just basically jump on your link mm-hmm. and head over. So we did it all through digital, all through portal, all vi- uh, virtual, um, because we don't want anybody to feel like they're being sold. Uh, so they can go on there, do all the, their own research, click a button, and, and then it's going to make it really easy for them to invest. Um, but uh, no, it's um, something for us that this is our, our flagship product. Um, you know, people are investing for five to seven years with us. We hope to have all of their original capital returned to them within the first three to four years. Um, and then everything else after that would be just pure profit. Um, but the success of this one will allow us to, to continue with the real estate opportunity trust two mm-hmm. and three, uh, because this is something that we're looking to do over the next 10, 20, 30 years. This isn't a, a one and done. Uh, this is something that, um, we feel is a great way for people who have a little bit of real estate savvy, but so they understand the product, um, but don't want to necessarily manage, uh, whether it's rental properties or, or whatever. And for somebody to invest in land development is, is, is not easy. Like the, the number of steps that you have to take and the amount of money that you have to extend uh, well in advance of, of ever having any of this ready is astronomical. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take care of all of that, allow people to profit through it um, and, and make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not to, not stealing of Grant Cardone stuff, but, uh, you know, he's like, here's what you need for apartment investing, you know, blah, 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 or just invest with us. Same thing. Like we've got, you know, a whole list of different things. We can give you the checklist, mm-hmm. right. Uh, of, of everything you need to do land development, but it's way easier just to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to stick to buying multifamily homes. I'm going to stick to. Uh, buying rental properties or burr or whatever on the active side. And then I'm just going to know that my RSPs are taken care of uh, on the mutual fund trust. Mm-hmm. Right. I love that. I really do because this is actually the, like the epitome of joint ventures. You're actually a, a, someone is simply a money partner basically saying, here you go. And with, with that, those type of returns are, are, are phenomenal. Um, how long does someone have to leave their initial investment in the pool yeah. for? So it's, a, it's a closed fund. Okay. Um, we understand that people go through uh, the, the seven two. Yeah, you know, there, there's there's different cases where um, you know something might happen, and we'll make provisions for that. Uh, but primarily, people are going to um, invest and stay with us for for the five to seven year period that we've outlined in the in the prospectus. Um, you know that allows us to to not have to continually pay for new appraisals and all that sort of stuff. Cause that's the toughest part about a real estate fund is you need to put a new valuation on these different uh, assets uh, to ensure that whatever is being paid out is being paid out correctly. Um, so, but if somebody came to us in, in four years and said, listen, I need half my investment back. I need all my investment back. Uh, we'd figure a way to, to help them. Um, but ultimately it's five to seven years that uh, people will be invested. And that makes sense. I mean, you know what? Like if I'm doing a JV with someone on any of my properties, that's what I'm telling them. It's, it's minimum five years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that way, I mean, 
uh, Jared Hope, who's going to be a guest uh, of mine next week. He was with uh, Mandy Brennan uh, uh, yesterday, and he said the same thing. I think he had said eight years. The JV queen, yeah. The JV queen, exactly. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you as well is, what is the minimum investment then on the registered, on the registered funds? So because we, um, so previous, mm -hmm. uh, our minimum investment used to be 100000 Okay. Um, but because we went to a full online portal with the uh, offering memorandum, we actually dropped it down to 15,000. 15,000. Yeah. So, um, but it shouldn't ever make more uh, than 10% of, of someone's overall portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, we, we just, we want to you know, stick to those guidelines and, and make sure that everybody's comfortable with the investment that they're making. Um, our maximum investment, let's talk that, that those are more fun, uh, mm -hmm. is 250,000. Um, and again, because we don't want anyone to be ever overweight on, on any of that stuff. Right. That's, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely be putting the link in the show notes because this is just an awesome, awesome product that I know I'm looking, I'm going to be looking into myself because it just, it makes sense. And I mean, for me as a money partner, I mean, I can go and get that mortgage or whatever it is, but as an investor, you reach that cap. And let's just face it, as an investor, I'm just getting lazy. And I was like, I just want to put my money somewhere and let it just ride, right? So like, again, a four-hour work week, right? Yeah. And, and yep. that's what it is. The less mindset or mind share that you have to put to, to certain things, the, the far better. But at the same time, you know, we update the portal. We, we keep our investors in the loop. So at any time, they have access to all the information. So if they want to think about it, uh, they can. Mm -hmm. And again, the fun part is the right of first refusal uh, so then on the active side, uh, any of the properties that we're releasing, they get first crack, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, one of the markets, uh, Southampton, right? They're absolutely just so hungry for houses right now. Uh, what a phenomenal spot for rental properties. Uh, if somebody's looking to, to buy, uh, we're going to have some entry level pricing in, in like the 250, 280 range, wow. uh, for some of the stacked towns. Um, so it's, it's a huge opportunity. Mm -hmm. I don't think those are ever going to go to market. I think it's going to be completely bought up within the investors, uh, our investor partners. Um, and it's one of those things. And then in Port Elgin, uh, we've got a, a relationship with um, our different set of investors, right? Um, and so we've been giving them part of that right of first refusal on any of the stuff inside our uh, real estate opportunity trust. And so they, in turn, if they don't buy out all of the investment that we do or all the uh, units that we do in Port Elgin, they're going to offer the right of first refusal to our trust. So again, even with different projects that aren't inside sure. the trust, we're still uh, offering. Because again, these are our partners. Right. Point and simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited um, for what you're building. It's, it's in your team. It's, it, this is like epic. So, um, as we come to a close here, uh, Brad, um, you know, I have a couple questions for you. So number one is for someone that's just thinking about getting into the investment game, real estate investment, what would be the one piece of counsel you would provide them? Uh, they need to basically educate themselves as, as best as possible through um, podcasts like yours through webinars, um, whether it's Right Club or, or, or whomever, uh, they're going to deal with companies like Keyspire or, or what, whatever. 
if they want to come on and they just want to be a casual investor, selfishly invest in our fund, mm -hmm. right? But if they're passionate about it and they want to take it to the next level, they need to be speaking with, with people like you, uh, get proper coaching, um, you know, and be ready to take it to the next level quickly and set that game plan in place. Um, because there's, there's ups and downs. Uh, they need to be able to ride that through and know that, yep, that happens or, or whatever. But and interview a few people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, again, if you're going to take on a coach, you need to have that comfort level. It can't just be, hey, the first person I saw and, and away we go. Mm -hmm. um, it's, okay, what's your track record? What have you, what have you done? Um, and then start looking at, at what professionals um, to enlist. So, you know, we've got on the mortgage side, we've got a couple of our mortgage team members. That's all they do are rentals, multi-res stuff, right? It, and they do a fantastic job at that. On the real estate side, we've got a couple people all they deal with are investors, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the type of people that you want to deal with. You don't necessarily just want to deal with, um, you know, a realtor or a mortgage broker who do two or three a year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, same as on the lawyer side, right? Great. Mm -hmm. Have have that contract to, uh, or that connection uh, ahead of time, mm -hmm. right? So, so true. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's the relationship game, right? That's yeah. going to be pivotal. So. Yeah. so the final question I ask all of my guests is the tombstone question. Okay. And the tombstone question is, the tomb is that the day we meet the maker, we won't be able to decide what's written on our tombstone. Yeah. But I guess we could decide how it will be written from our actions and what we've been able to do. So what would be written on your tombstone? Um. What I hope is uh, something along the lines of he was loved and will be missed, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's as, as simplistic and, and uh, uh, straightforward as, as possible. But, um, you know, just that you've had a connection with everyone around you mm -hmm. and they're not glad to see you go. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I use a cantankerous old, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> this has been amazing so i know you're so busy so thank you so much for you know taking a better part of your day and just talking here this is i'm really excited I'm, i i love being in contact with you and the mastermind and so forth um so i know you early in the interview so people can find you on instagram yeah so instagram uh just brett modwell okay um pretty straightforward they'll they'll find from there uh, tags for Kingwell Fine Homes, Georgian Huron Developments, uh, Billable Financial, which is the mortgage side, um, Century 21, First Canadian Kingwell Realty uh, is all our sort of web of, of companies that, uh, that we have. Um, but uh, yeah, if they go to my, my main personal account um, and they'll see that uh, we won the uh, provincial championship for baseball last year. Nice. Uh, that uh, we didn't get to defend our championship yet. So uh we'll uh we'll be hoping to to do that later but we'll see how that goes awesome and we'll make sure we put the link for this uh for your real estate mutual trust i mean i'm that mutual fund trust i'm definitely gonna you know so sure. that information on our yeah so thanks again appreciate this uh and look forward to uh look forward to sharing these golden nuggets with the rest of the world amazing thank you so much no problem take care